Chief Wiggum, can you drive me to school? It's an emergency. Uh, no can do, dollface. I got an informant wearing a wire. <laughs> Just like on Nash Bridges. We're trying to get the goods on some smugglers. Why, I'd be delighted to sell you some illegally smuggled goods. That sounds like Fat Tony. Mm, only one way to be sure. Fat Tony, is that you? Fat Tony? Hey, where's that voice coming from? This guy's wearing a wire. Take him out. My bad. Can't work my answering machine either. <laughs> Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review an episode that I really, really enjoy. That's from the post, say, Golden Era. It's Trilogy of Error. Hi, I'm Dando. I am Mitch, and how are you this evening, sir? I'm doing really, really well. Elliot, not so much. He's, um, he's got three teeth coming through right as we speak. Um, but I think once the people on the free feed listen to this, Elliot will be like three years old. So they'll be like, that's kind of weird. But uh, yeah. we're recording this as a Patreon exclusive, obviously. Um, and yeah, three teeth at the same time isn't fun. He's not as bad as he was when the first teeth came through. But it's just, you know, just imagine a tooth eight times three. It wouldn't be fun. Uh, no, it wouldn't. Maybe in sympathy, whenever Elliot has a toothache, I'll go eat a lot of ice cream and like put really cold things on my teeth. I think that is the best way that I can show my support. So you risk your waistline for his pain. Oh, my waistline's a lost cause. <laughs> I thought you were on a diet. I thought you were working out and getting in shape. I am. Um, I've lost four kilos, but still. I'm sitting here craving ice cream so fucking badly. Like, just, get, just get low-fat ice cream. You'll be fine. For 15 minutes. I've, no, but I've only got... There's like I have um, uh, Ash bought a couple choc chip ice cream sandwiches a little while back, and they've just been sitting in the freezer, taunting me for the last few months. Um, well, maybe not a few months. Probably been take the ice cream. They'll never yeah. notice. But anyway, so for 15 minutes, you know how like you know what I think is the single greatest lie about dieting and weight loss when you read that. Oh, sometimes your body is sending you signals and it's just because you're dehydrated, but you think you're hungry. So have some water instead or eat your food slowly and then you'll be fine. I reckon I've had about five and a half liters of water in the last 15 minutes trying to fight off this fucking urge for ice cream. And the ice cream urge is only getting stronger because my body keeps going. What's this boring shit that you're putting into me? I reckon you must be one in a million because it works for me when I'm at work. Because when you sit at a computer, for some reason when I'm sitting at a computer, I instantly think food. I want to eat something. I don't know why. So, it's really hard for me not to just peck on food all day at work. But if I have a big uh, water uh, container next to me, I'm fine. I, I won't need to eat. Yeah, okay. So, w I've never been, for me, yeah. I've never been a snacker in that way. I am. Like, I snack. Whenever, when I'm not hungry, I'll just be sitting there eating and then going, what, what, what am I eating for? I'm not gotcha. hungry. Yeah. I think part of why I've never done that is because of how badly as a kid I hated the sound of people chewing food during movies. Or just silence in general. I really oh. can't handle crunching. Nicola so, is like, bad for it. Nicola is really bad. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just really, really peculiar about it. But just sitting there listening to, I'm yeah, like, uh, can you yeah. just chew quieter? I can't handle it. It is seriously my most hated sound. And I also hate people that it's like if you're eating a bag of potato chips that are just doing or crisps, depending on where you are in the world that it's just this constant stream of one after the other and just eating them one at a time. It'd be like one, chomp, 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 two, chomp, 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 chomp. There's no like fucking pause for thought in between. It's just a, a constant chewing for about 40 minutes. It I quite often me. say to Nicola at the movies, I'll say, 
How about you finish that popcorn before you eat the next one? <laughs> <laughs> I had to really calm down myself at work today, actually, because one of the girls was doing exactly that. She was like snacking on some nuts. It was I don't know, get riled up. <laughs> I was starting to get like itchy. <laughs> like I was, I was which digging, I twitched the left or the right. Uh, neither, but I was digging my fingernails into my forearms on both arms just to stop myself from yelling. Breathe through your damn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, trilogy of error. This is one I've mentioned numerous times. I think I think I actually put this in the book as the the post season nine mm-hmm. episodes that you should be checking out. I've always really enjoyed it. It's, what what do you think? This is the first time you'd watched it. Yeah, well, it turns out it's not, but I didn't remember okay. anything about it in that, uh, well, I had caught Linguo's head exploding at one point on Foxtel, um, but I, like, it was, you know, I think might it might have been a commercial been, or something. Might have been the third, no, it was definitely the episode, but I was okay. like, ah, oh, this doesn't feel familiar and I haven't seen it from the start, so I didn't keep watching. Yeah. But I distinctly remember over the last few years, the quote of, hey, chief, can I hold my gun sideways? It looks so cool. So, somewhere when I was younger, I have watched this episode, but I just had forgotten ever doing so. It just wasn't until that quote that I went, ah, shit, now I do know this. Going back and watching it, because I haven't watched it for a while, but it was just as fun as I remembered. It's There's nothing to it, really. There's no substance to the actual story, but for me, it's just an entertaining 21 minutes. Hmm. It, you're definitely right there that there is no substance to the story. It was... Actually, the whole um, Marge cutting Homer's thumb off was something that originally I actually, like, I've seen that online and I've thought, Jesus, that's dark. Like, I, I actually thought that might have been something that The Simpsons had done in a later season thing, just as like a little clip, because I never really believed that they would have quite gone there. It's quite graphic. Yeah, like the blood and the 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 thumb still wriggling around on mm. top of the brownie. Uh, there was, and maybe this is part of my diet state as well. But there was part of me that was like, mm, I'd still eat it, not the thumb, <laughs> but the brownie. I mean, like, okay. just, 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 you know, you carve off that top little inch where the blood got, to, or not it's, inch, but like that little crust up the top, and then you eat the rest. That's not blood. That's a raspberry jam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, I did think it was a really fun story. Uh, I liked that it's one that bold in that it it screws around with the format and you know presents the story in a way that hasn't been done before That's i also what think it stand out yeah sure. i also think that it's can could have been confusing and thrown people off balance at, for a little bit like unlike 22 short fe- stories about springfield which is pretty much advertised or introduced as you know, 22 short stories about Springfield. You know that's going to be a fragmented storytelling structure. This one doesn't... It's not until the second act that it gives you any clue as to what's going to happen. So, you would have gone to that first commercial break, I reckon, going, what the hell just happened? Why did everything go through so quickly? And, you know, then when you came back and it started filling details from other points of view, it would have started to make a bit more sense. But I think that would have... um, Knocked you for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And I guess the only real negative for me for the episode, and it depends how you look at it as a negative, whether it's a positive, is that it's an episode that you have to watch from start to finish. Because if you just come back from commercial and you've only start watching it halfway through, if you've never seen it before, you would have no idea what's going on. Mm. Like when you hear, for example, if you just say, for example, you turned on when it's Lisa's day, the middle act, and you hear Homer yell out, oh, my thumb, but they don't actually go to it. You'd be like, what? I think when I... When I was talking about the time that I flicked on and just saw 
the tail end of this on uh, Foxtel episode. That was that was my exact thought. Like, I didn't know. As I said, I I couldn't remember ever having seen this until I rewatched it t- today. But I do remember turning it on towards the end. I remember the robot exploding, and I remember just thinking like. Jesus, the Simpsons have really gotten wacky. <laughs> like, I was like, there's no grounding in reality in this anymore at all. Like, I, I really struggled to identify with not only what was happening, but what the show had become. Uh, and then, again, it, it is that thing that you watch it in context and it kind of, you go, oh, I get it now. But it's still, for a later episode, like a later season episode, it doesn't really, it's not too absurd. And that's what I like about it. Because hmm. a, a lot of the later episodes, and when I say later, I mean like season 13, 14, 15, there's a few episodes in there where you're just like, ah, oh, guys, come on, keep, try and keep it a bit grounded. This one does a good job of that. Whilst the finger getting cut, the thumb getting cut off is kind of, ew, like gruesome. It's still not too wacky. Not maybe too getting wacky. so back on is the wacky part, I guess. But yeah, a little bit. I, I mean that, but that's you know, it's only a slight break in reality. It's enough that I can go with it. I would like to know what the hell kind of knife March is using to cut her brownies that she just slices straight through bone, like. It's it's a shame that dude, 127 hours guy, didn't have one of those. He would have been out of that rock in five minutes. <laughs> what was your favourite moment from the episode? Uh, I think the French teacher at West Springfield Elementary. Okay. Uh, mostly for the... It's, it's just that moment of correcting everyone's laughter into French. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone in France actually laugh like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you in about six months. Yeah, my favorite moment was, and it's just it's silly, but I just really enjoyed it. Was Homer hitchhiking and not realizing why no one's picking him up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was pretty funny. I was just like, ah, oh, nice. I, so I didn't even, I didn't as it was happening. I didn't really pay attention. I was just like, ah, oh, everyone's ignoring him. And then when yeah. you pointed out, I was like, ah, well done. <laughs> Have you ever hitchhiked? Have we covered this before? No, because I don't think I would pick up a hitchhiker. So I wouldn't, in return, I wouldn't ask for a hitchhike. Okay, fair enough. What about you? I, uh, I have done both. I've okay. both hitchhiked and given, I don't know what you what it's called when you pick up a hitchhiker. I've, I've jumped onto the back of someone's bike as a dink when I was a kid, but not a hitchhike. That's a long way from being the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so explain. So who was she and how uh, far did you go? Uh, okay, so the time that I... The time that I remember being on the receiving end of a lift was a mother. Um, I was like 16 on my way to a party, I think, and it was just a bit further away than I'd anticipated. So I was walking along and it was warm and I was like, oh, this is going to take a very long time. So I yeah, stuck a hand out and the um, a sympathetic woman pulled over and went, where are you off to? I said, Wandana Heights, please. And she took me up there. I feel like... She was just one of those mothers that um, when you're a kid, you know how some parents have a mum that just wants to mother everybody? I reckon she was that sort of person. She's all your friend's mum, yeah. Yeah, I was like, sure, I'll take you to the party. Have you eaten? Because I can stop off and get you something on the way. And what about a drink? Are you okay for a coffee? Like, it was that sort of thing. And the guy, um, I actually actually picked up the same person six months apart, both times in complete darkness and recognized him the second time because he smelled of the exact same amount of alcohol as the time before. So, where was this and why was he hitchhiking? Uh, well, he was hammered. <laughs> like, he was absolutely hammered and it was down in Drysdale. So, um, not a lot of public transport nearby. It's just the local thing to do. I've actually, I've, I've picked up hitchhikers probably six or seven times, but that was the funniest one. Have you ever put, picked up a hitchhiker though and gone, 
yeah, there's a twenty percent chance this could go go askew. This could this could go um, bad, but it's worth the risk. I'll do it for the story. No, no, I've, I've always kind of I've never felt threatened. Oh, that was sorry. There was another time I got um I got picked up by a guy driving around shirtless at three in the morning. Uh, mm. But I looked in his car and he had a baby seat in the back, and uh, and that was enough for me to make the call. I was like, Nah, he's a father. I'll be fine. A father though, who's out in the middle of the night with his shirt off. It was bizarre. I didn't get into it, but I did. <laughs> I did make the call to jump in the back seat so he couldn't reach over <laughs> with a lot of ease. <laughs> Alrighty. So if you have got a good hitchhiking story, I want to hear it. Mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. From this day forward, your name shall be. Now, new name for the episode. I've got Pulp Simpson. I've gone for the cliche. What do you got? <laughs> um, so I was trying to work something with the movie Vantage Point, which is mm-hmm. more appropriate than Pulp Fiction. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that, but yeah, Dennis yeah. Quaid's yeah. But I couldn't come up with anything for that, so I went with once, twice, three times a linguo. That's pretty. Oh, it's not bad. I really like that one. It's, it's because I didn't try to sing it. Yes, <laughs> you have to try and sing it. Go, go do it now. You've said it now. Um. What? No, I can't. No, I will uh, you not. You have to now. You have no, to. I People pay their good money to hear this. They want no to one... pay specifically for Mitch's singing voice. I want to hear Nobody it. Nobody pays for me to disrespect the great man. Old blue eyes will stay untouched. Okay. I could do it as Newman from Seinfeld. Do it. Once, twice, three times a lingua. Ah! Ah! Oh, the humanity. Next question. You there, eating the paste. My first trivia question. <laughs> Sorry, the dogs just came running in worried. <laughs> My first trivia question will be, what book was Flanders reading to Todd? Uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, correct. It was a pretty simple one. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to be like specifically... Now starting off with an easy one. Uh, well, I've got an easy one as well. What time was it when Homer was getting ready? 7.03? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Easy because it appears twice in the episode. I can actually only remember Homer. Are there, oh, is, it, is it Bart as well? Bart. Bart's clock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is the name of the new boy that Lisa meets at West Springfield High? Thelonious. Thelonious, as in the monk? As in Thelonious monk. Uh, and not Melodious Thunk. How many pickles were in the pickle brine? Oh, that was going to be my question, but I thought it probably changes from scene to scene. I can have four, I think. Uh, there were five when five. Mo first gives him the jar. Okay, yeah. I think it was five too when he was hitchhiking, but for some reason I think he only saw four at one point and I thought, uh, if I ask this, uh, okay. Mitch will be cra- he'll call bullshit on technicalities. <laughs> if you asked it and I hadn't paid any attention, I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> My final question is, what is cheaper than a blank tape? Oh, um, is that something that's said or is that something that's listed somewhere? Yeah, so they're using the tape. It's when Wiggum's putting the wire on, but... And Millhouse. Uh, Bart grabs a tape and goes, huh? And he goes, that's cheaper than a blank tape. Uh, a Rick Astley cassette. Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, Hootie and the Blowfish. Poor yeah. Hootie. Poor Hootie. Excuse me, are you Hootie? My final question is, what operation was the sea captain in for? Penis enlarging and widening? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, penis enlargement. Are we going for a lengthening or a widening? Uh, both. Alrighty, Mitch, anything else you'd like to mention to the, I'm assuming, just patrons for the next couple of years before we get into the review? Nothing specifically other than to say thank you. Um, Shelley Dunlop? To Shelley Dunlop, thank you very much. And more specifically, Shelley Dunlop's fiancé who purchased uh, the $100 pledge for her as a Christmas present. I think but Jordan was his name, I believe. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Yes. Um, but thank you very much, guys. And But thank you to all patrons. Your support means a hell of a lot to us. It certainly does. So the original air date for Trilogy of Error was back in 2001. It was April 29th. It was directed by... I, I want to read this out because it was directed by Mike B. Anderson, who we interviewed mm-hmm. for our book. Uh, the showrunner at the time was Mike Scully, who we've interviewed for the podcast. And it was written by Matt Salmon, who we're going to be interviewing for the podcast in a week or two. How exciting. It is pretty cool when you go and watch the episodes Trilogy now. of podcast guests. Yes. <laughs> it is pretty cool when I watch the episodes now and I, I sort of think, oh, I've actually spoken to that guy. I feel like I could... I feel like if I saw him in the street somewhere and reminded him of who I was, he would remember me. <laughs> and got past the bodyguards. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I always say, my boy Anderson, he actually knew of our, po- of our podcast when I went to the, the studio that time on my honeymoon. Mm. Mm. That was like a, I don't know, it was a really strange moment that someone on the show was just like, oh, yeah, the, the, that Simpsons podcast. Yeah, I like that show. I was Dando, like, you that kid that does that crummy podcast. <laughs> he knows my name. <laughs> Uh, the chopboard gag is that fire is not the cleanser and the mm-hmm. couch gag was that now you got to remember this ended back in 2001 when skateboarding was still it was was skateboarding at its peak in 2001 late 90s early 2000s uh, I don't think anything was at its peak in 2001 to oh, be no, honest skateboarding was pretty popular man when Tony Hawk Pro Skater came out it was it was a big deal was that Oh, that was more 98, 99. Though. Yeah, that's what I said, like late 90s, early 2000s. Well, I when guess did Avril Lavigne re- re- release Skater Boy? Skater Boy. Yeah, that would have been 2002. Yeah, that, no, 2001. Yeah. Was it 2001, was it? I think 2000 was my first year of high school and Skater Boy, I reckon I was on year eight camp. So it must have been 2002. No, 2000 was my first year. Oh, really? Are, are, yes. are you older than me? That's weird because my first year was 2001. Um, your I birthday's was... in May? I was at a young... My birthday's February. I was young when I started primary school. Wait, your birthday's in February? Yes. When's your birthday? Uh, it's 11 days away. Okay, so I hope it hasn't gone past yet because I felt no. terrible if I had a missed. No, it. relax. <laughs> <laughs> a little freak out moment then. I was like, oh my God, I forgot mm. his birthday. Anyway, the point is, I'm pretty sure 2001 was Avril. Uh, so Tony Hawk 2, Tony Hawk 3 were probably still around the corner. So yes, let's say certainly skating in... Certainly video game skating was still big. Uh, and but basically, the reason I bring that was because the couch gag was the family all skateboarding, and uh, Homer crashes and the skateboard hits him in the head. Yeah, as it usually does. I'm just looking up what? Skater Boy, by the way, released in 2002. Damn, it must have been Year Nine camp. Of what I wanted to, unless I, unless I started in 2001. Anyway, the person that wrote Fire is not the cleanser has. Uh, it's obviously not an Australian because if you've ever found a huntsman wrapped up in your doona, fire is the only cleanser. Have you actually found a spider in your bed before? Uh, white tail when I was in primary school. Yes. See, white tails are the only ones that I will kill because they can actually really, really seriously injure you. But if mm. I see a huntsman, I just put it outside. They can't. They don't hurt you. Yeah. I know they're called huntsmen, but they actually don't hunt you. Like they, they, they don't do any damage at all. You can just pick them up and put them outside. See, pick them up is a stretch. I'll put them in something. I usually... I've, I've had one on my hand. What I do is I usually put it on the floor near the door and I'll just sort of scoop it up in my hand and throw it out the door. That's that's. Mm. I don't actually pick it up. I just sort of use my hand to... There you go. Because once I use my foot and I squash it and I felt like a monster. So now I always just use my hand to flick it out. They're just so terrifying looking. Oh, especially, especially the bigger ones. And I don't need that feeling because once I've had a spider on me, I'll feel that for the next hour and a half. Are you just Marv when the spider's on his face? Is that how you react? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Thank fuck I've never met a tarantula in my life. 
Yeah. We I don't, don't get think, them here, I don't think. Do I we? don't think I would ever touch the ground again. <laughs> <laughs> just tiptoe everywhere. No, like literally float. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging from the chandelier. Uh, so the episode kicks off with it's breaking up into three parts. So you got Homer's Day, Lisa's Day, and Bart's Day. We kick mm-hmm. off with Homer's Day. Um, everyone, he's excited for breakfast. He's getting ready, rubbing the deodorant all over his body. He's very sad though, and the kids are sad as well. That when Marge yells out breakfast time, usually Marge cooks a good breakfast, but this one is unfortunately just cereal. Yeah. And Homer's like he says, I like my breakfast fried. And that's yeah. A good point. Breakfast is always better when it's fried. I could relate to that as well as a man who's been making overnight oats for the last three weeks. Um, as about as adventurous as I get with it is I get to put in a bit of cinnamon and some strawberries. Why don't you um, just get, um, get the zero fat strawberry ice cream? Oh, not ice cream, sorry. The yogurt, <laughs> yogurt, yogurt. I do put a bit of Greek yogurt in the oats. Greek yogurt? No, you got to get the flavour some yogurt. No, well, I don't trust that because that might be zero fat, but it's going to be loaded with sugar. Ah, you exercise, don't you? Dude, it's fine. Not enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, the point is I looked at that and went, mm, yep, Marge has done wrong by the family. Yes. Food your like house. this should never be imposed. It should always be a self-conscious choice. My, what is your your special breakfast day? For me, it's Sunday morning. Oh, Nicola always cooks me mm-hmm. egg muffins. Egg, uh, cooks you what? Sorry, egg. Egg, egg muffins with spinach and salmon. Oh, okay. So like uh, um, eggs Benedict or kind, kind eggs of yeah, Florentine, yeah. depending on where you're from. Uh, that yeah, well, Sunday morning also tends to be hours but i experiment a little bit last sunday oh, that's right. your I, wife doesn't cook for you <laughs> no last sunday i made some i actually made some really good like mexican insta buy breakfast i did um black beans with some chopped jalapeno on tortillas with a couple of fried eggs and a kind of sriracha mayo on top with some avocado appealing that does not sound to me <laughs> that was delightful really i don't delicious. like mexican <laughs> oh okay the word beans, Hang I was on. like, I'm out, I'm out. But I'm sure people who like Mexican, it sounds delicious to them. Let's let's re-record that as I don't like Mexican food. Uh, okay. otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, the Democrats will be all over us. No, I didn't say S. I said, I don't like Mexican. You hear that? Food's implied. You, sorry, Food's you implied. hear that? That was a joke about the Democrats for all those people that think I'm too heavy-handed against the Republicans. Millhouse arrives. Um, you don't actually see it yet because that's saved for Bart's day. But he's got mm. big news. And you don't actually see anything. It's just sort of like you said. If you watch this for the first time, not knowing that it's going to be format bending, you'd be like, "Well, why? If it's big news, why aren't you showing us?" Yeah. Um, cuts to Lisa, and she's got a plan to skip breakfast by getting Homer to say, "Hey, Dad, you want to come see my science project?" Homer's response is great. <laughs> I'll get us out of this. Say, Dad, want to go see my project for the school science fair? No, Lisa. But I sure don't want to eat this crappy breakfast. <laughs> While he's winking. And then I love that he runs back in and winks at March. Yes. <laughs> Lisa then shows Homer Linguo. I like Linguo. I feel like Linguo could have been a recurring thing. Like I, I, I don't think I would have got sick of him. It would have been nice just to have a little smarmy robot from time to time. Was 2001, like I feel like that's ahead of its time to have grammar Nazis as a thing that they lampoon. Um, there must, I mean, I guess internet forums and that sort of thing, but nowhere near to the extent that it is now where like if you're in an argument about someone, sorry, argument with someone about anything and you make a grammatical error, then that's all that the argument becomes about from the rest of that point on. And I, I find myself that if forum. someone makes a mistake, you just just leave it. Like you know what they meant, just leave it. Yeah, unless you don't like that person. 
But yeah, I, I, I just thought, what do you think? Do you think Lingue could have returned? Or do you think it was just, it's important to leave him as a one and done in this episode? I don't see why it would have needed to come back. It's not going to add anything. If it comes back and becomes a recurring character, then suddenly it's that little green thing from the Flintstones. But at least, I mean, not much does mean anything now in the current episodes. So, <laughs> I know, I just feel like this could have been a character they could have introduced. I, I, there's, he has no need to be around, but not much does anymore. What's it going to do aside from correct grammar in the future? Lingo going to develop feelings like every other fictional robot that's ever fucking existed? It's going to be chappy. <laughs> It'll be Chappie. It'll be Robin Williams in AI. Bicentennial Man. It'll be... You mean yeah. Bicentennial Man? Uh, sorry, Haley Joel Osment in yeah. AI. I was like, Robin goodness Williams gracious, Robin Bicentennial Williams. Man. Jeepers. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, it'll be you Terminator could, 2. You could do You could do a um a Treehouse of Horror, bringing him back. Yeah, look, if you want to pop him back in for a Treehouse of Horror, why not? I'd like it. It'd be a good throwback. Anyone out there? Matt Salmon, you're listening? I want, I want Lingo back. <laughs> this is a Patreon episode, so if he was, we'd know. <laughs> So then Lisa is showing uh, Homer Lingua, as I said, and Homer mm-hmm. just pours beer into his mouth. Homer's not meaning to do wrong here, but Lisa's response is, this is why I don't have nice things. This is me. Like, I have all these things in my house and Nicola's friends will bring their little kids over and they have no control over their kids and because her friends don't give a fuck about what I've got here, they just let, like for example, my pinball machine, one of her friends just let their son just hang off my plunger and just pulled it out and didn't Ooh. care. And I was like, how about you not let your fucking kid hang off my plunger of my pinball machine, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty awful. Yeah, I was just like, this is why I can't have nice things. Yeah. But anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just fantasizing about reattaching the plunger to like the awning or something really high up on the house while the kid was still hanging onto it. So you like hanging off plungers, eh? I Let's see how, you can, how long you can hang off of this. <laughs> Let's see your plunge now. <laughs> uh... Oh, I'm sorry. What was the question? Homer. Yeah, no, I don't. I also took it as just, I mean, it's Homer being stupid and this is the sort of Homer that is a little bit too stupid for me. Like even dumb, as dumb as Homer is, he still knows that a robot can't drink beer, surely. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right. So like that is the, whenever, whenever we talk about the difference between dumb Homer and stupid Homer, this is sort of one of those examples for me where I'm like, ah, but I also don't think he was being a dick. Like, he, I think he was genuinely not paying any attention to what Linguo... Either genuinely not paying attention, or he just managed to forget in the time it took him to ask the question and get the answer. It was a good response, though. He thought he was a party robot. <laughs> yeah. Homer then... Uh, Lisa storms off, runs upstairs to fix Linguo. I think that's the last we see of Lisa for this act, maybe? I can't quite remember. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Yeah. Homer then smells the brownie cooking in the kitchen, runs in... And he's trying to steal some. And it is annoying when you're trying to cook something in, like, like baking a cake or something and people are trying to like dip their fingers in or whatever. It's like, get out. Mm. Ash doesn't cook. But does Ash try and steal food from you when you're cooking? Try and pick at it? No, not really. She's... No. I put her in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many times you can reattach a thumb before yes. before one won't re-enter the kitchen. Homer, you know, obviously he's, he's trying to grab the brownie and gets his thumb cut off. And we mentioned before, it's very, very graphic. Even the sound of it wriggling around. I, I'm assuming a thumb wouldn't wriggle after it's been cut off. I don't know why they drew it doing that, but it was just like, for a second there, like you said, it was like, oh, that's a little bit much, but mm. I guess not because it's a cartoon. I don't know. Um, it makes a reference to Gattaca there. Did you hear that? I did. Now, this is one thing that I wanted to talk about as a, uh, what I think highlights a massive difference between early episodes of The Simpsons and, you know, 
even season 12 and then certainly on from there. I can't think of many times that Simpsons characters in real life knowingly, sorry, in early episodes, knowingly referenced a real life movie, like made a pop culture joke. Like, yeah, that, that, what did the, did that come out in 98, I think, wasn't it? So, it wasn't quite current at the time. It'd been out for a couple of years. couple of years. But I also feel like it's... I mean, it, it's not exactly a... It's a. It's, it's not a, a timeless film. No, it's not. I don't think many people would remember Gattaca. It was released in 97. I think it might have been on the syllabus for a few schools for a while. Well, but yeah, it, it that's wasn't, the only reason I watched it because we had to do a school project. Yeah, it? yeah. but it's hardly a, a timeless classic. It, and But even then, like the fact that... Jokes about movies used to be setups and parodies and that sort of thing, not just a character referring to it the way people would in a conversation, for example. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's... I'm not picking on that either, but it's just like one of those things that really you can tell the difference in the tone and the style of comedy in a really short space of time. That, that, that's a very... It's a, it's a live-action sitcom joke. Yeah, you know, where, where, like you said, the earlier ones where they would make references to movies and if you understood it, you were like, you know, you sort of felt proud that you're like, oh yeah, I get the mm. reference they're going for there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so he references Gattaca and then they realize that the dog has the thumb. Uh, Homer goes to chase him. Homer then calls Wiggum and Wiggum thinks he's going to arrest her. So she gives him a fake you address. You Mar- Marge calls Wiggum, but yeah. What did I say? Homer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Marge calls Wiggum. Um, and Wiggum's going to arrest her for slicing up her husband's thumb. <laughs> Did love that. Attempted murder. You'll yes. burn for this. <laughs> One, two, three, fake street. Um, Flanders, he runs into Flanders' house. The dogs, so Homer chases him. Um, Flanders is reading Harry Potter. Harry Potter and all his wizard friends went straight to hell for practicing witchcraft. Yay! Then the thumb lands on Rod's train set. And... It's it's a really the way it's drawn. I really liked this. Just smashing the train. It's a little cool yeah. action sequence. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I I enjoyed that as well. Completely over the top and unnecessary. Like it's a toy plastic train, but still very funny. Yeah, they take off to go to the hospital. Um, what does Homer originally say? Oh, you caught me in bed with a beautiful woman or something. Marge says, "Let's just blame Bart." And I think mm. it's not very often that Marge says, "Let's blame Bart." But I like that because that's what that should be your go-to. Bart's the one that people would most believe and she's trying to talk her way out of it. Um, Marge then crashes her car into the rear end of Wolf Castle's Ferrari and he goes mm-hmm. to town on her car with a golf club. He has some serious road rage problems. Mm. I don't want to think about whatever it is that Wolf Castle had to do to get that Ferrari, by the way. I don't reckon it was beautiful it ladies. Sounds like it might have got a little bit my own private Idaho. <laughs> Speaking of right, do you find, did you find that this episode had a lot of uh, homophobic gags in it? Um, a lot of like gay-based jokes. I think. So, there was that one. There was there. the, there was the, um, I don't know, you can be one of those TV magic queers, is what Cletus calls Homer when he's doing the thumb. Um, what, how do you feel riding the bike? Oh, disturbingly comfortable. Um, mm. When they when he shoots the um, when he throws the firecrackers into the the army, oh, we're not ready. That well, when you lay it all out like that, yeah, that is a lot in one episode. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, they were really hamming that up at this point. I thought, yeah, just just you watch it now and you just sort of go, oh, don't mm. really need it. But I guess at the time, it's it's just jokes of its time. I think we had a similar thing last week with um, well, we say last week. This is a Patreon exclusive when we reviewed Secret War of Lisa Simpson. 
there's a couple of jokes that were quite similar to that. Yeah. But do, do you see it as a bad thing or do you see it as just, you know, that's just the way things were? You can't um, judge it for it, I guess. I don't think they were overly offensive. No. But yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's certainly dated. And one thing I will say, none of those jokes are necessary. So you're not like if if the changing times means you can't make jokes like that anymore, you're not missing anything. They then steal Wolfcastle's car because their car's ruined and they go to see Hibbert who suggests that he cuts off the other thumb to be symmetrical. Just because the insurance wouldn't cover it. Yes. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, did, you know, I do like that, the, the joke about insurance companies trying to finagle their way out of paying for something. A finger is not a thumb. But Hibbert, I don't know, I feel like the, lo- the, la- the longer the show went, the less kinder Hibbert got. Yeah. Like the, the joke was that Hibbert was all about him. He's very selfish. You know, he, was, he would only help you if you could pay him. He wasn't a very... He wasn't a very... He was the family doctor at the start, and then he just became a doctor who will help you if you can pay him. Yes, he, he definitely lent into that um, kind of more callous attitude to medicine. They stop at Moe's for some ice, and of course, Homer being Homer, he has to call him for a drink as well, and he stops by for a while. Marge can't wait any longer, though. Um, Barney then wakes him up with some coffee, but you don't... You don't actually know at this point, though, that Marge... No, we don't left, know that do she's you? gone. Yeah, yet, no. that's right. Yeah, And you think at that point, when you're watching for the first time, why would she abandon Homer? That wasn't very nice. Mm. Um, so, like I said, Homer so goes at the front. So rude. Yes, Marge, Marge goes out the... Uh, Homer goes at the front, Marge is gone. So, he decides to hitchhike with Cletus. But the first, we, first we get the gag of, why is this not working? Which mm-hmm. I really, really liked. Then they get to Dr. Nick's and the hospital or his, his clinic has blown up. Flammable means flammable? What a country. That is one of my favourite George Carlin jokes ever, by the way, and it's from the 70s, where he's just flammable, inflammable, and non-inflammable. Why are there three? (laughs) It seems to me that there should be two words to take care of that concept. I mean, either the thing flams or it doesn't flam. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. (laughs) I was about to give up. You know, he's lost all hope. He's going to lose his thumb forever. It's kind of a sad moment because... Imagine having your thumb cut off and you're realizing it's actually, there's no hope left for it. You'd be like, oh, I mm. kind of need this. It reminded me, have you seen, you haven't watched much MASH, but I recommend YouTubing the scene where Hawkeye talks about how important the human thumb is and how incredible it is. Okay. It's a, it's a really, really good piece of television. Um, but then we see an explosion and for some reason, we don't know why yet, Linguo has exploded. What the hell? <gasps> Linguo. Dead. Linguo is dead. We come back and now it's time for Lisa's day. And what, what would you say she's doing? She's not meditating. She's just... It's, it's yoga or Tai Chi or something. I feel like it's Tai Chi. Okay. Sounds right. <laughs> they do the quick recap to her running up the stairs just to sort of skim yeah. through. Did you feel um, like that recap? That's one thing that, A, they recapped more than they needed to, but B, I think they had to do that to ex- kind of get viewers in with the concept of what was happening. I'm not sure they had... I'm not sure it was too much. They had Did to explain why... I, I guess they, they, they did play the Bart bit again with Milhouse at the door, but I guess they wanted to just keep the intrigue of what is Milhouse doing? Or there what was also just... Yeah, but there was a lot of the conversation about breakfast that was repeated. Did I have the Homer doing the wink face again? Yeah, it did. Okay. Maybe they just wanted to 
I don't know, maybe they just wanted to show why, if you're watching it for the first time, if you just come back, if, like if you just tuned in, why Homer and Lisa are going into the, yeah, into the land room together? Possible. It'd be an know. interesting question to ask, like why, why that was kept, yeah. why it was basically shown word for word a second time. It cuts to her storming upstairs to fix Linguo. Um, as she's doing that, you hear Homer getting his thumb cut off. Uh, then she has a little debate with Linguo. I like that something she's created is now not smarter than her, but pointing things because she mm. created this robot to point out everyone else's faults, but it's also pointing out her own because she's not perfect yeah. either. I also did enjoy that when she points one back out to him, that it's conscious enough to shut down. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> this conversation's over. She has missed the bus. Really cool shot here of Martin with the static ball. <laughs> yeah, that was window. pretty good. Good evil laugh. Yep. Her bike is missing. We don't know why yet. We'll find out later. I, I, I do like the way they tied everything together here. Yeah. Nothing, except nothing felt forced. It all worked, really. Yeah. Except we do know why. Like, Bart is at breakfast and he runs off very quickly. So, the yeah. fact that the bike's missing, it's not like that's a, <gasps> I wonder what could have happened. I know, but you don't actually see it yet. Like that's, yeah. that, you'd assume that, but you don't, it's not revealed yet. But I just think, yeah, True. everything that happens, it all splices together really, just flows really well. I, yeah. Is, could you watch this episode, like chop up bits and make it just one story, do you think? Uh, look, you could, but you never should. I don't like it when people do that. Like mm. Timeline, if you did, it would be a really boring episode, to be honest. Yeah, the whole point of it is the f- the way the, the yeah. format of it. That's what makes it so interesting. Yeah. yeah, and there are a couple bits that they reveal that I think that they reveal very very well. Um, particularly like you know finding out why Marge has disappeared, finding out that the wire Bart was the cause of Doctor Nick blowing yes. up. Yes, yep. And the yeah the wire like the the how they got out of that because there is a moment where. It's only Bart who lifts his head out of the sewer when we get to that point. So, you're like, well, I've heard gunshots and I've only seen Bart. Do they shoot Millhouse? Like, is that possible? Um, so, yeah, they did that very well. But even when in, cause you hear that, is it Homer's Day? Yeah, it is Homer's Day because he's inside Moe's. And you, mm. you see Wiggum there doing the um, the call. That's just a... Th- you, 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 if you're watching it for the first time, you could, that could just be a, a throwaway gag. Yeah. You don't, that's not, you don't necessarily hear that and go, oh, that's going to come back later on. So, like we said, Martin's, uh, Martin's happy now that Lisa's missed the bus because he's going to win the science fair now. And then Marge is leaving with Homer, so Lisa's got no way of getting to school, so she decides to run. Now, what's this a takeoff of, her run, running to school there? Is it uh, Run, Lola, Run? Run, Lola, Run? Is that what it is? Yeah? I'm fairly sure that's what it is. So, they nearly called the episode Run, Lisa, Run. So I'm Did they really? Okay. Pretty sure that... I've never actually seen Run, Lola, Run, but I do know that the Bon Jovi film clip for that It's My Life was also a parody of Run, Lola, Run, and this felt a lot like the Bon Jovi film clip. I just know the front cover of the, the DVD, you see her running. Yes. <laughs> so she's on her way to school, and Krusty nearly runs her down. Uh, Krusty decides to give her a lift. Mr. Teeny's behind the wheel. Mr. Teeny... Wasn't so much of a big deal in the earlier early years, but he gets more he's more prominent in in these seasons. I think like season say eleven onwards, he becomes more of a recurring character. I, I like Mr. Teeny. What's your thoughts on him as a character? Um, I, I reckon for you, I watch this and I sort of think Mitch won't like the fact that it's an intelligent monkey that is really intelligent, but no one knows it. I, I didn't think you would like that. I didn't side of things. Well, Mr. Teeny's been around a bunch of times without being able to understand linguish and then speak in subtitles. So that element of it was jarring. I kind of just, I enjoy it more that it's just a monkey behind the wheel and Wickham has a conversation and Mr. T- Mr. Teeny can make some chimp noises. We don't need to know what Mr. Teeny has said. I, I quite like it. Is this, what, I can't remember though. Is this where he goes, I don't know what you're saying? Uh, yeah. 
I thought it was good. I I, I laughed at that. Oh, I know, I know, it's silly, but I don't know. I enjoyed it <laughs> for what it was. Um, Wiggum then asks about one, two, three, fake streak. That's where he says that I don't know what you're saying. But the thing is, though, he just understood Krusty. So how does that work? Uh, it's the accent. <laughs> okay, <laughs> different voice actor. Uh, Lisa then arrives at school, but Mr. Teeny's done what, Mitch? He's made a bit of a blunder. Yeah, so he has taken Lisa to a school that we never knew existed until now, West Springfield Elementary. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it ever appears again. This is the only thing, like she goes to this school, she meets this kid. He, he's never seen for the rest of the episode. I don't know, I feel like, not that he had to be brought back, but I thought it would have been nice. But I guess well, then if you, if you had brought him back, then he would have had to have been a character that came back again, I think. Like, like, like if, if he but was more plenty was, of characters that are only in something once that never come back. Yeah, but, but it I, did feel like a waste of Frankie Muniz. It like, did, yeah, yeah. I, well, I didn't realize it was him. Like I went back and did, uh, read the notes after I watched it. I was like, oh, really? That's all they had him do? Okay. Yeah. Like, well, what you do you think like, he would have been better suited? What kind of character do you think he would have been better suited to voice? I think the character was fine. They just gave him, you know, one scene and that was it. That's the bit that I think is a bit of a waste. Like, you know, should have. Frankie Muniz, obviously the obvious one, is obviously the obvious one. There's um, there's a sentence for you. Uh, you've got Frankie Muniz. I think what you want to do is lean, particularly at that time, you lean into Malcolm in the middle. So you have him play yeah. this precocious, hyper-smart kid that is also maybe a little bit rebellious and a little bit, um, you know, feeling lost in the world and have that sort of character crash into Lisa. That could have been an entire episode on its own with its own story arc where as opposed to him just yeah coming in doing like it feels more like a box checking exercise like frankie's agent called in said look i've got a spot for you on the simpsons and he said yes without even looking at the script just did it over the phone just (laughs) on the the way to maccas i you just mentioned how um this could have potentially been a story in itself i was just thinking i feel like now episodes might be better if they because sometimes i watch a simpsons episode now and i sort of feel like ah there wasn't enough enough to that that plot for it to be, you know, a full episode. Maybe if they just gathered a, a few more of them like they did here, and whilst you might have been able to drag an episode out of it, if you just sort of put them into one episode, the episodes might feel more special. I don't know, they might mm. feel like there's more happening. Because quite like I said, quite often now I watch an episode and I'm just like, ugh, nothing nothing really happened. But if you take the next two episodes, take those stories, and somehow splice them together, do you think episodes would be better for it, for doing it that way? I think they could be. It depends on the actual plot. Like, some things can be expanded, some things can't. Yeah. But yeah, every now and then I feel like what they have as a B plot is a thread that they could have pulled on a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, so they're at the school. I really enjoyed the spinning been spinning for hours. I've got to get to my school and hand in Linguo. Oh, but I don't want to leave you. You must. You can't sacrifice grades for romance. That's not the girl I fell for. Will I ever see you again? Of course you will. At the Magnet High School. Now go. I do like the line about, you know, don't put anything above your education. I reckon they will. If Frankie ever has time, they'll bring Thelonious back. Well, he could... They could have had him reprise his role for the Simpsons movie. Yeah, that's that's it's the Simpsons movie is a strange one because mm. anyway they could have they, they, let's not get into it. They could have brought like I still say Hank Scorpio. You had fucking Brooks there. Give us Hank Scorpio. Mm. Anyway, let's not get into that discussion. That's a, a podcast in itself. Um, she looks at Moe's. Ah, oh, this is where Wiggum's doing the um the uh the call. Yeah, the call comes now. When Lisa I didn't want to correct yeah. you earlier. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be a lingua of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a few people that were listening, wrote in straight away, and then they'll go, oh, delete, delete. Yeah. Uh, Homer then enters. Um, Marge gives Lisa a ride. So we find out here why Marge bailed on Homer. She didn't just necessarily bail. It was just like, oh, Lisa's here. Marge is going to be, uh, Homer's going to be here for a few hours yet. I might as well get this done. Get yeah, the way. she also assumed that she had the time. Yeah, like, she can just ditch him. Yeah. Uh, the car has run out of gas, so she decides to hitchhike with Cletus. Mm. And well, hitchhike is a strong word. Jump on the back, just yeah. a dink. <laughs> yeah, with Cletus, um, they go to the hospital. The hospital's on fire. We still haven't found out why the hospital was on fire, and they decide to steal Cletus's car instead. Marge is just—it's like Grand Theft Auto for Marge, isn't it? It is. Yeah, like bit of Simpsons hit and run. She, yeah, she is more than happy to break the law in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the good of her children, though, and the good of her husband. Yeah, that's true. It's always for a purpose. Although, I think, look, your husband's had his thumb cut off. You need to get to hospital. That's probably a cause to steal a car. If, if what would it take for you to hijack someone's car? Like, I'll tell like, you. I'll tell you what. It wouldn't. My kid being worried about missing the science fair. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's not necessarily that hijacking be... a car. It's the car is there with the keys in the ignition, so they're taking it. You've stolen a car, Dando, so your kid can get a fucking talking robot to a fourth grade science competition. Yeah, when you say it like that. That is not holding up <laughs> in court. I had my thumb severed and I needed to get to hospital. I reckon that will probably get you off a grand theft charge if you, you know, particularly if you return the vehicle. Like, I had no intention of doing this, but it was either this or lose my thumb. Just, I challenge you, judge, to not do the same if you were in that position. Whereas school assignment was due. <laughs> It's not getting there. You couldn't even steal someone's rollerblades over a school assignment and get away with it. You couldn't say that in it with a straight face, could you? <laughs> I was going to say, um, one disappointing thing about Lisa, uh, not Lisa, uh, Nicola's pregnancy, uh, giving birth to, to uh, Elliot, was I always had this vision of Nicola's you know, water breaking and then me having to race her into hospital and me mm. just going like 120 down the highway, cops chasing me. And then I get to the hospital and then them just going, ah, oh, it's all right, mate. And they're like, I, I feel like that's the one chance you have to speed as fast as you can on the highway mm. and the cops might still let you off. Yeah. Uh, and I, miss, I didn't get that opportunity. I always just thought, how cool would that be to just drive down the highway, cops chasing you, knowing they're probably going to let you off with a warning. Don't you reckon it would just be an, an awesome time? <laughs> Absolutely. That's why if Ash is ever pregnant, I'll be taking her to the, um, to the Monash. <laughs> <laughs> Two hundred live on TV. There's a crazy <laughs> man driving down the highway. <laughs> He's been leading the cops on a chase for the last forty-five minutes. He's got two hostages in the back. <laughs> It'd be so good. <laughs> anyway, where were we up to? So Homer's now got to walk to Shelbyville. That's right. Yeah. And then Marge is driving, and Bart sticks his head out of the ground. And you're thinking, what the hell is going on here? And she almost runs him over. Good cut to commercial because you don't actually mm. see what happens. Yeah. We come back and it is Bart's day. The good thing about the way this episode, the format, the way it's set out is that something like that happens, but then you don't find out why straight away. You've got to, you know, watch the lead up to it for yep. it all to make sense. Um, so then we get the crusty clock, a little itchy and scratchy coming out for the snooze button. I need that Andy snooze thing. That's handy. Yeah. I was, I was looking at it thinking, it'd be cool to make one of those, but you'd have to, there'd be no way of making it so that it... Perfectly extends to your face every time. That's true. You'd have to make sure you're always slept in exactly the same spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Millhouse has found something cooler than a million dead bodies. So he, Bart goes to uh, to see it with him. Bart has everyone's key. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Normally, you just have a million keys for your own shit, but no, he's got every teacher's key, everything. Yeah, yeah, it felt like something Bart would do. Yeah, so they take Lisa's bike, Milhouse rides it. As we get the disturbingly comfortable quote, and yeah, I just sort of thought, eh, mm. I don't know. But I, I guess 10-year-old boys would find it weird that they enjoyed riding a girl's bike. Yeah, they not? would, which is why I didn't I didn't actually take that as being a gay joke, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I, uh, I was busy thinking about riding Ash's bike down to the shops the other week, and I had a great time. I ride Nicholas's bike all the time. It's great. Mm. Like, it's kind of, it's a girl's bike, but it's slightly gender neutral, so no one's going to laugh at me. And I just, to compensate, I wore a helmet without doing the chin strap up. You should get like a bell on it and tassels and just ring the bell going, ring, 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 out of my way. I'm a cyclist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what happens? So, they go to the, but uh, Millhouse has found a cave. Yeah. It's where, where he comes to you, cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good that, quote. That Classic Millhouse quote. That was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's one of those quotes that, I sort of find as one of the uh, one of the more memorable Millhouse quotes, but I didn't realize it was it came such a late came episode. So late, yeah, yeah. They find the fireworks in the bags, um, which which would be an incredible discovery if you're a ten year old kid, wouldn't it? That'd be an incredible discovery as a thirty year old man, <laughs> <laughs> especially considering they're illegal. Yeah, I've never lit a firework in my life, but I came, if I came across a cave full of them, I'd be fucking, I'd be putting Sydney Harbour Bridge to shame. I'm envisioning you driving back from like New South Wales, ACT, getting to the border. Any uh, illegal items in the car? Any fireworks? But no. You're like, trunk's full of mash. Trunk's full of them. them. (laughs) Uh, So what happens? So they get the montage of the kids using the fireworks. They're exploding Mm -hmm. the garden gnomes. Cliche, classic. It's what you would do. It'd be fun. But see, when you're a kid, you do naughty shit like this. But if someone did this to me now, I'd be livid. You don't think of the consequences oh. of ruining someone's property when you're a child. Yeah, well, we used anyway. to, um, uh, like, we used to steal garden gnomes, or if, if not, like, not steal and take, but you'd door knock and then you'd move a garden gnome or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just even like throwing rocks on roof. That's mm. really annoying. <laughs> but when you're a kid, you yeah. think you just, you know, this is just for fun. That was a tin one. It'll be rattling for yeah. days. <laughs> you hear the rock all the way down to the gutter. Yep. <laughs> So good. So I'm going to go out and do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I found an old videotape like, recently. Oh, my mum found it at her place of my mates and I going out and rocking roofs at night. <laughs> yeah. You filmed that. Full. All night vision. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I I have often thought like it would just be fun to get a group of adults going out doing kid shit again just for a one-off night. I think you would get arrested now though. <laughs> Only if you get caught. And who's going to come suss out the adults? Do you want to do it? We got a report that someone's been um, knocking doors and rocking roofs. They're like, oh, yeah, I think I saw a bunch of kids go around the corner. Thank you, Mr. Grinter, for your contribution to society. We'll wait till Elliot's a little bit older and we'll take him on a roof, a roof uh, knocking. Yeah. Actually, that, um, that was a sketch on Rove 99. Maybe that's why I think it'd be so much in, so much fun. I'm just thinking Billy Madison. Yeah, old, old man hates shit. <laughs> Have you ever lit a bag of dog shit on someone's doorstep? I never. No, have. I've never done that because that's extreme. Because that shit can actually catch fire to the house. Yeah, yeah. I, I have though. I grew put, up through the drought, Dando. I don't play with fire. I have put dog shit into a bag and thrown it at someone's front door. I've never used fecal matter as a weapon. <laughs> that's hands, one of my rules. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> call me. <laughs> you know, I go for honor. I guarantee you there was one point when you were a kid when you held fecal matter. 
and you used it as a projectile. Um, like as a baby, maybe. Yeah, your, your own yeah. shit. I'd like to think that I was a pretty refined kid. Oh, I bet you, you smeared the walls of that. You would have had a grand old time. I've never once heard my parents say that I have, and it feels like the sort of thing they would enjoy telling me if I did. <laughs> that w- would that make the photo album, though? Or was that one of those things where you're like, no one wants to see a photo of this? <laughs> make a photo album for the local cr- um, CSI unit. <laughs> <laughs> so, we then we get the, the army who aren't ready, and finally they set the bike wheel on fire, it flies off, and we get the, the goes to the hospital and the lengthening mm-hmm. and widening gag with the, the sea captain. And we find out finally why the doctor's clinic, Dr. Nick's clinic, was on fire. So what are we doing? A lengthening or a widening? Yeah, let's make it both. Don't worry, it's inflammable. Let's keep this our little secret. So the boys are making a run for it and they go to 123 Fake Street and you're just like, ah, it's all starting to come yeah, together now. That was a good payoff. Yep, the fact yep. that that actually existed somewhere, I had a laugh. Yeah. The police then arrest them. Oh, but before that, though, we get the, the quote you mentioned before. Whatever you like, birthday boy. Here we are, 123 Fake Street, the home of knifey wifey. Hey, cheap, can I hold my gun sideways? It looks so cool. Ha, ha, ha. Ah, sure. Whatever you want, birthday boy. I, I do like that, how on the birthday you set, the, you set your rules. Do you think, though, police, if it's not breaking the law... Do have little things that you know, ah, it's his birthday. You can do that. <laughs> um, you can you can put the siren on to go to get home faster tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I reckon definitely something like that. It'd be um, do you mind if I take the handcuffs home tonight, Sarge? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, birthday boy. <laughs> they uh, they make a deal with him. So if you wear a wire, we won't arrest you. Then we can basically screw him over straight away, doesn't he? Yeah. Bad Fat Tony, cop, is that bad you? Cop. <laughs> And we we get the um another sort of like I said it's all tying together now we find out what the uh what the explosion was and it was mm-hmm. just it wasn't gunfire it was the fireworks and they leave out through a manhole because all the um what why does it go black again oh the the, the sparklers go out isn't it they burn yeah. their hands yeah 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 sparkles or matches whatever they're holding Marge then hits butt with the car this I thought was the only silly part because even a slight bump with a car would do damage it's a head of a child I thought it was pretty funny I liked the sound effect the little it, tink it was yeah. It, it, it was, was like he smacked effect. him in the back of the head with a spoon. It'd have to. It'd almost be like Bart having to headbutt the car, though. Because no matter how slowly you drove a car into someone's head, it's going to hurt, is it not? Well, <laughs> and probably. do actual damage. Probably. But I just like that. I like the fact that he's just acting like it's an annoyance. So that that made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. They run off. Milhouse uh, and Bart run off, and the a mob are chasing after them. Marge saves the day. She channels her, her inner cop, goes back mm-hmm. to the old, uh, what's that episode called? Round Springfield. And she throws Linguo, who blows up due to the poor grammar. It's, it's not Round Springfield. That's Bleeding Gums Murphy. That's Bleeding Gums Murphy. What is it? The uh, Springfield Connection. Springfield Connection. Thank you. Yes, correct. Uh, and Linguo blows up because... I like Linguo yelling out through the air. Like Linguo yeah, what did he, what Ah! Did he... As he flies. <laughs> that was pretty... Something about that really got to me. <laughs> it's almost like... You feel bad for the guy because they it's almost like a living being. No, I didn't feel bad. You don't? I don't, see, feel, I, bad. I, see, I I don't feel bad for most living creatures, let alone Chap- robots. Chappie, Chappie affected me, man. Mm. I couldn't watch it. I'm a, I'm a soft one. I still haven't seen Chappie um, because I just feel like I'm going to watch it and go, ah, oh, I should be watching District 9 again. But I do 
Again, I own Chappie. I want to watch Chappie and I really want to love Chappie. I'm just scared that I won't. I will admit that I got bored about three quarters of the way through it. Yeah, it's not a and good sort of skip And sort of skip to the end. It's a guy, like, he's a victim of his own success, Neil Blomkamp, by coming out and making District 9 as your debut. Yeah. Didn't, like, realistically, you're not going to top that. It's one of the best science fiction movies of all time, let alone the last, you know, it's certainly of this century, it's in the top couple. It's, I can't think of a better one, to be honest. Moon is very good, but it's like, for me, it's District 9, Moon, Interstellar. What about, I was gonna say, what about Interstellar? Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy I enjoy District Nine more than Interstellar. Though. I I know I think District Nine is a more inventive movie. Yeah, yeah, I think Interstellar is more epic. I guess you could say, but District yeah. Nine is more enjoyable. Yeah, but uh, anyway, this isn't the movie guys podcast. <laughs> uh, so what 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 where are we up to? So oh yeah, so she throws Linguay and he blows up due to the the terrible grammar spoken by is it Louis? What is their names? Louis? What are the lackeys? Legs? Legs? Legs and Louis? Legs? Yeah. They are throwing robots. Is disrespecting us? Shut up, you face! Shut up your face. What's the matter, you? You ain't so big. Me and him are gonna whack you in the labanza. Bad grammar overload. Error. Error. What the hell? <gasps> Linguo. Dead. Mob then make a deal to be Lisa's. Oh, this is this is how everything all sort of ties in together. So, um, oh, does yeah, Bart's day ties in here. So, Bart gets rescued by Linguo, and their way of getting out of getting arrested, the mob, is that they attach Homer's thumb for Lisa's science project. I really liked the way it all came together. I thought they did it was hmm. really well done. I really yeah. enjoyed the way this all tied up. Yeah, I agree with that. Although, logistically, how did she get there before school finished? Because she had 10 minutes left, didn't she? Yeah. Ah, uh, you've ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> when did she have 10 minutes, though? Was that when the boy started running out? I think it just feels like it would have been difficult to get there in time. Yeah, it, it, it didn't. It, they didn't get to school and then get the thumb sewed on, on within 10 minutes. Yeah. But, but, Fat Tony is a very powerful man. That's true. He could have made a phone call and said, Kept- you guys are all staying there because this kid is going to pass her science project because if she doesn't, that's very true. Would have demanded that Skinner go around and wind back all the clocks. <laughs> but yeah, I like I said last week, I've been really looking forward to reviewing this. I'm glad that Shelley and our Jordan chose this one to review. Trilogy, I think I would put it into my... Would I put it in my top 20? I almost would. I really do like the format bending episodes and I think this one yeah. is one of the better ones. I think besides 22 short films in regards to format bending episodes, Behind the Laughter is great, but I think I, think I enjoy this one more. I okay. do. I really do. Yeah. That's a bold call, Dando. I would not, but I did enjoy it. And I do think that it's just for the fact that it tries something different. Even if you even if you didn't find it hilarious, it's just worth watching because it's they've done something that they hadn't done before. And from that I, I applaud them. I actually I did enjoy the episode overall, but I just think that anyone should watch this if they haven't seen it. If you're a fan, if you're one of those people who's like, no, nah, Simpsons stopped being good after season eight, season nine, there's still stuff in here that you could watch and appreciate. The reason it works is because everything is there for a reason in this one, because it had to be. There's no filler at all. Well, Flanders and the mailbox is the only small bit of filler. Yeah, and it does get repeated twice, I believe. I think all three times. 
Is it all three times? Is it? I, I guess I they so. have to have something that get repeated every time. But yeah, yeah, they yeah, do. I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, but that's. Yeah, I, I liked it. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Yeah, I learned that only party robots can drink beer. <laughs> that is true. Define, is there any real life party robots? Real life. Um, does Dance Dance Revolution count? What the hell is that? You know the 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 game that like you have to put your feet on the colored squares based oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that what it's called? Okay, that's one of those things where it's kind of like Tom Hanks in Big. You know when he's on the keyboard. Yeah. When you get someone good on it, everyone gathers around to watch it because you're like, it's very rare that anyone's any good at those games. Yeah. And you see him at times, and everyone's like, shit. Everyone watch this guy. Check this guy out. <laughs> I learned that it's always important to carry around a golf club in the car in case of some necessary road rage. Well, certainly if you drive a Ferrari. That is true. Have you ever driven an expensive car before, like a Ferrari? I've driven a Mercedes AMG, um, AMG C63 or something like that. Okay. I think it was worth a hundred and two hundred and something. Okay. That whatever it's worth, it's certainly the most expensive car that I've been in. Uh, then the next step down would be I've driven uh, FPVs when I was working for Ford. Um, so like working the, for Ford, I worked in a Ford showroom up in Mackay. So like ah, as a new okay. car salesman, so I was lucky enough to take a, a GTP out for a test drive a couple of times, and the F6, which is just insane. Uh, but the AMG shits all over all of them, as you would expect. Um, just a phenomenal car to to be behind the wheel of. I was. I remember at one point going around a bend that was signposted. It was like an 80K zone. I got to a bend where it had like that extra sort of take caution, you should slow down to 60 yeah. sign. And I had one hand on the wheel and I looked down and I was doing 130 and had no idea. But see, like, th- th- those signs though, they're not really a limit. They're just a challenge. You're like, you probably should, yeah. but do you dare go faster? Yeah, that's true. But this thing was just so smooth. You didn't even know like how that you were above the limit. Like, yeah. It, it, there was no drift whatsoever. It was just, oh, it was an amazing car. The good thing about when I was back at Ford was that there was a period for... I Don't speed, back. by the way, kids. No I, no, I didn't do it intentionally. I was legitimately, I just got it. I zoned out for a little bit and was just enjoying the moment. There was about three months. It was, it was, I think it was a stretch of three months where my job was to go pick up cars that hadn't been released yet, the brand new models. Mm-hmm. And they were all sort of marked up so you couldn't actually see the, the, um, the panels or anything. They had covers on them. And it was to just drive them around for eight hours a day, testing them out. Out, Go drive to Colac and then drive here, there and everywhere. And you were allowed to have two speeding fines and Ford would pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So, it's like it was like encouraging breaking the law. But you literally got speeding fines, like you said, without realizing because the cars were just so smooth. Yeah. I was just like, shit, I was going 140. I felt like I was going 80. Yeah. The GTPs were pretty incredible. Like you'd get to 80 in first gear in the manuals and not really feel like the car was working all that hard doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, so- oh yeah, so my uh, my old next door neighbor, uh, her dad was Ray from Race 10 City. Um, she got a good payout when they sold that. So, and he, the husband of the of the couple, he at one point had a Ferrari and a Lamborghini in the garage next to my house. Oh, nice. It was, I was like, you realize, dude, you're in the middle of North Geelong and you have these very expensive cars in your garage and you're standing at the front with the door wide open. People can walk past and see. And I remember once this kid walked up to his house and he was just like, are you the man with the really expensive cars in the garage? And he was like, that's a sign that I need to get these cars away from this house. 
Because <laughs> when you've got children coming from the commission area asking if you're the guy with the really expensive cars in your garage, you know what you shouldn't have in your garage anymore? Expensive cars. Expensive cars. <laughs> <laughs> now, this being a Patreon-exclusive podcast, as we record it, we're not going to do a mailbag. But do you have anything else, any funny stories or anything you want to mention? This is for the patrons. They're not, they're not getting a new episode this week because we're. this is going out the same week as the uh, home, city, of, uh, city of New York versus Homer Simpson. So they, they want a good podcast. What, what are we going to give them to wrap the show up? Um, bag. I did actually get a message from a friend of mine uh, that that made me chuckle the other day. So And it's it relates back to the podcast. So Robbie Crockart is his name. He recently... I hadn't spoken to him for quite a while, and I know that he's been an on-again, off-again listener of the podcast, but um, he recently Geelong, had a... Geelong-based? Geelong-based, yeah. Mm-hmm. used to play cricket. Um, recently had a bit of a scare with his kid having a seizure. Um, young, young kid. Uh, I think only, I don't know, one to two years old. Um, no, no good. Sorry. No, but all good. So, it was just a bit of a scare. It was viral-based, so it's not like it's going to be anything ongoing. It was just a, a scary moment. So... That bit, though, is what prompted the second half of the message. He's gone, now, you wouldn't believe this, but just the other day, I listened to Four Finger Discount for the first time in ages. Brackets, through no fault of the podcast. I just haven't listened for a long time. Close brackets. And I heard the shout-out that you gave along with the rating the call story on Messenger. So, that was... um, I I gave Robbie a shout-out a while back, and we'd had a... Sorry, which story was it? Sorry? Oh, it'd be going back a long, long time. Um, I don't even think he said what episode he was listening to. Um... But we'd had a we'd had a phone call on Messenger. So like um, at the end of it, it came up with "Please rate the quality of your phone call." He rated it three stars, good. And I took a screenshot of that and sent it back to him, saying, "What? Not quite up to standard." He said, "I rated you a three, courteous and polite. Could have used more jokes." Uh, <laughs> and then he put that review on iTunes. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. The, sec- the the last part of this, and this is the bit that really destroyed me, uh, he's gone, the joys of an old podcast. You and Dando were gushing over Kevin Spacey and how he's the best actor and human oh, being that's know, ever right? existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoops. What like the Simpsons. Jokes of our time. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's still a good actor. Just not this a good This is the thing. You can't, you can't just instantly say, oh, he's not a good actor anymore. No. You got, you no, got well, to, I don't you, think yeah, anyone yeah, has. You, sh- you, sh- you should... You should separate the two. And that's not saying that what he did, people who have experienced what he did that to like experience it from other people, mm. where just that guy is, well, is fine. But I'm just saying... Yeah, like you, I get... I, I, I can still separate the two and appreciate his acting ability. Yeah, in the past, I, like you can't... He can't be employed, particularly given how many of these things have either happened in or around film sets or theatre schools and that sort of thing. Like it's clearly from a... A duty of care standpoint as an employee, you can't have someone like that on set. But that doesn't change the fact that he gave a great performance in Usual Suspects. Like, and and when I, at the time of me watching that, I only knew him to be a guy that was a very good actor who did some good impressions. What about um, ah oh shit, nineteen ninety seven flick. Spoiler alert: When Mitch says a title, but he gets shot, and he and, he, and you oh, see him LA die. Confidential. That's it, LA Confidential. Fuck, he is great in that movie. Yeah, he's phenomenal in that. That is the best death scene of all time from any actor. Like, not necessarily the best written death scene, but as far as the actual performance of dying, it doesn't get better than that. Um, but enough about Kevin Spacey and how great he is. <laughs> so, was that was that the story about how we were gushing over Kevin Spacey? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, we discussed this off air before we went on to the, um, before we started recording. You want to give a quick little plug for the trivia night that's coming up for the patrons? 
Yeah, I do. Uh, so because we figure that the patrons are the guys that are going to be the most likely to come see us. So That's if true. you if you're listening to this in time, um, so anywhere up until probably the 19th or even the morning of the 20th of March, uh, you can see us at the Spot of Mellar doing our first ever live podcast. Uh, we will obviously be recording that as well, so patrons will get first access to that when it goes up. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a treat, but if you can get there, it'll be awesome, and we'd be keen to meet some people, take some audience questions, all that sort of thing on the night. And we've just added our boats. boats. Yeah. Mm. Um, who... I mean, don't feel ashamed if you've never heard of Boats before, because I certainly hadn't, but does some amazing Simpsons covers in a live sing-song style. It's going to be so much fun. Mm. Basically, I was talking to the guy the other day, and he's like, he'll, he'll play some songs in between the podcast and the trivia, just to fill some air, just to get people hyped for the trivia night. Mm-hmm. And throughout the night, he'll just come onto the stage, and whenever we feel like there's, you know, it's time for a sing-along, he'll just, he'll just jump in and get the crowd pumping. Excellent. Uh, what, he wants to know what, what, uh, what song you want to end the night with. What should he say for the end? Oh, um, maybe the B sharps. Goodbye, my Coney Island baby. It's got to be. It's got. It's got to be something epic that the whole crowd can sing along to. That's sort of like a, a back and forth. Do you think maybe monorail? Uh well, I suppose. I mean, if you want to be, oh, I was trying to not come up with the most obvious thing possible. No, no, but that's what we, we want the most obvious. We 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 want something that people are going to be like, fuck it. This is just a great send off to a, a what's going to be an amazing night for Simpsons fans. Yeah, but that's not an interesting answer for me to give. It's like. Geez, we're going to the Phil Collins concert tonight. Do you think he's going to play in the air tonight? Well, I don't know, Dando, but I sure hope he does. Like, did he, no, did he? Air, did, I'm assuming he ended the night. I mean, I see. I find the last few gigs that I've been to, the artists they know they no longer end the night with their biggest mm. song. Yeah, yeah. The only time well, I have a Phil Collins DVD, he did not end it within the air tonight. No, no. It depends on what vibe you want to go out on, really. But anyway, I'm not the musician, so I'll let Bodes decide. Yes, but yeah, tickets are available on Mosh Ticks. Also, links on our Facebook page pinned to the top. Yeah. Alrighty, Mitch, anything else you want to mention? But thank you once again to Shelley and Jordan for picking this one, like I said. So yep. I really, really do love this episode. And if you haven't gone and watched it, silly you for listening to the review first. We've spoiled everything, but go, go out and watch it. It's, it's great. Anyway, Mitch, final words? Mitch, do you have any final words? Shh.